Knights have the puck in their own zone. Blackwood is in his crease. We got a scrap behind the play. There he goes. And Petrangelo and Geertsen coming together. And look at, oh, a huge swing by a stick from Michael McLeod. All 10 skaters have paired off. We haven't seen this in a long time for the Golden Knights. Everybody has paired off one-on-one. -on -one. And there are multiple tie-ups. Bishy, Bishy. Oh, on. look out, Leonard just punched one of the Devils. Look out, and then McNabb rushes in. He's going after Kevin Ball. Look out, Robin Leonard's helmet is off. The referee is protecting him. There's a big pileup. Robin Leonard punched Kevin Ball. You think I like the shootout? Just crushed my dreams. Boom. Sadness. That's the one. The Golden Knights beat the Devils last night, and the game ended with Robin Leonard getting a game misconduct with 15 seconds left for, as you heard there, punching a devil. Uh, referee was trying to keep Robin Leonard from getting involved, but that did not help. Um, do you want to be the one who stops him? <laughs> now, we also got last night one of the best loser quotes I've ever seen. Uh, Jesse Granger tweeted this out. Lindy Ruff is the head coach of the New Jersey Devils. After that game in which his team lost, remember, his team lost, Lindy Ruff said, we wanted to frustrate them, and I think we did because all Patch Reddy wanted to do was yell at me at the end of the game. Imagine losing a game and walking away from it saying, mission accomplished, boys. Max Pacioretty was cussing at me at the end of the game. That is one of the greatest loser quotes I've ever heard in my life. That he was satisfied with how crappily they played the game of hockey. <laughs> that it annoyed the other team to the point where the other team was yelling at the coach. That is one of the worst loser mentalities I've ever heard in my life. Like, it's not, that's, he was pleased that they didn't play hockey. He was pleased that they took cheap shots or whatever. I, I mean, whatever. That they frustrated the Golden Knights. He was pleased with that when they lost a game by two goals. And he walks away saying, I'm very happy Max Pacioretty was angry with me. We really won the battle today, boys. Like, what a loser quote. That is such a, like, listen. We have talked a lot about Marcus Arroyo and moral victories. Rich Basaccia this year has been talking about, oh, the process and not the scoreboard and all that. There's still some level of truth to what Marcus Arroyo and Rich Basaccia say, or some level of logic, I should say, right? Rich Basaccia is right. The process is often more important than the result, but the results are important. You got to win games, right? But at least, you know, process over result is that's a legitimate logical thing to say to walk away from a game that you lost and just be like, you know what? I'm happy they're mad. They might have won the game, but they're mad tonight. Like that is one of the worst loser quotes I think I've ever heard now on the referees. Oh, let Robin Leonard fight. What are we doing? Laurent Bressois played the last 15 seconds of the game because Robin Leonard got a game misconduct with 15 seconds left because he was trying to fight someone. The ref sort of held him off, skated him off the ice, gives him the game misconduct uh, for trying to shove a devil. Let him fight. Let him earn the game misconduct. If you're going to give him a game misconduct for shoving a guy, let him fight the guy. Disappointed in the referees. Absolutely disappointed. And it sets up one thing. One thing that we need to see. January 8th, Chicago Blackhawks in Vegas to play the Golden Knights. We need 
Marc-Andre Fleury fighting Robin Leonard. Marc-Andre Fleury has said before he wants to score a goal and he wants to get in a goalie fight. Please, please give us Robin Leonard against Marc-Andre Fleury. See, and now I hope that the Rangers have to pull Fleury. Sorry, the Blackhawks have to pull Fleury and... Then Robert Leonard sends one down the ice and scores an empty net. And Flurry jumps off the bench and fights him. Would be great. Would be absolutely the best moment in the history of the franchise. No doubt about it. No chance. Like, we we may need to get a professional, like, handicapper on because I think Robert Leonard would be favored by a million. Well, he's big. So so if you break him down by their goalie style, Robert Leonard's big but doesn't move as much. A little bit easier to hit the target, but not going to do as much damage. Flurry, much more active, harder to hit the target, but smaller. So presumably, Leonard lands one and it's over. Yeah. Question is, can can Leonard land one? Or does Flurry get in five or six shots that do just as much damage as one shot? I Listen, it would be the best moment in franchise history. And the way you described it, the way you set it up would be... I wouldn't be able to handle I don't know what we would do. Just the entire Blackhawks team is just like, oh, man, we gave up. A- Where is Flurry going? <laughs> would be phenomenal. And I can't wait for it. I cannot wait for it. Like, like it's going to be like, oh, such a nice game. Here's Marc-Andre Flurry's welcome back. Like, people are probably crying. Yep, Robin Leonard, beat him up. <laughs> Go rough him up. Get him. I, I don't think T-Mobile during a Golden Knights game has been silent very often. I think at, during that fight, it would just be a just dead yeah. silence of everyone being like, I don't know what I'm supposed to root. Yeah. Like, what am I? How am I supposed to react to this? Yeah. The the one the big, big issue. ones beating up yeah. the little ones. The one big issue is from all accounts that we got between Leonard and Flurry, they seem to like each other a lot. Like, of all yeah. the animosity that was there with, like, Alan Walsh and even with the fan base, it never, like, Leonard and Flurry always spoke highly of each other and that they, you know, liked each other. So we wouldn't get sort of like a vengeful, hateful, yeah, you took my job. You're the reason I have to live in Chicago now. Let's fight. It'd be more of like, hey, we're friends. You want to fight? This will be cool, which I yeah. guess could happen. Yeah. Could happen, but is a little less fun than, hey, I just absolutely hate you. Now. One other thing from last night's game. We need, we need Subban to sus- come down from the rafters and start throwing haymakers. Yes. Uh, one other thing, and Calvin Pickard, too. That can be the yeah, undercard. They... Pickard, Subban. Um, the, un- the undercard. Subban actually did take Calvin Pickard's job. They they yeah. had Pick's mask. Pick, Pick's mask, yeah. Yeah, Calvin Pickard had a mask designed by the fans, and then the Golden Knights claimed Malcolm Subban on waivers, and Calvin Pickard was gone like three days later. So Calvin Pickard and his fun mask could have been the backup to Flurry, could have been, but Subban stole it. So that'd be a good undercard. Subban Pickard, uh, Calvin Pickard. Now, one thing from last night, while Lindy Ruff gave one of the best loser quotes, I actually really like something Pete DeBoer did last night. Uh, he took a timeout nine minutes into the game. And so the Golden Knights, they fell behind one, nothing early in this one. And then they got a five on three with 11 minutes left in the first period. And Pete DeBoer took his timeout. And the reason I love it is that it was a recognition that that was the biggest moment of the game or could have been the biggest moment of the game. And it reminded me a lot of Major League Baseball and the way teams use their relievers, right? 
where teams will have a designated closer. This guy pitches the ninth inning of the game, even though the most important at-bats will often come before the ninth inning. I mean, if there's runners in scoring position in the seventh inning and the the two, three, four hitters are up, you should have your best pitcher in the game in Major League Baseball. But often still, teams will not. They'll bring in one of their middle relievers, one of their setup men, their third or fourth best reliever to face the best hitter in the highest leverage moment and leave that closer because he's got to get the last three outs of the game. And it's stupid. That's a stupid way to manage your bullpen. The most important minutes or most important moments of a game can happen at any point in the game. And Pete DeBoer last night, by calling his timeout with a five on three halfway into the first period was basically saying, yeah, this, this could be the biggest moment of the game right now. Call a timeout. Now timeouts probably don't actually help that much, right? Like that's the, one issue with giving him credit here. Like, yeah, you called a timeout. What, how much different would it have been if you hadn't called the timeout? Had like, you just yelled on the ice? Right. So like, shoot I, it. Like, I don't think timeouts make some big difference in the grand scheme. Like, yeah, cool. You got to tell them exactly where to go for the first five seconds. And then somebody deflected a pass and everything's ruined anyways. But even though the timeout's not really that helpful, I still like the recognition of, yeah, this is the biggest moment of the game. We're going to play as though this is the biggest moment of the game, even though there's still 50 minutes left in the game. Hey, we're down 1-0. We need to score on this 5-on-3. They scored on the 5-on-4 after the first penalty was up, but they need to score on that because that's the biggest moment. If they don't score on that, they might end up losing that game. Yeah, it's 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 like in basketball, wherever you literally take the timeout to advance the ball, and then you have your play, your inbound play all like designed. Yeah. It's kind of... Except in hockey, it's a lot harder to run plays. Well, th- that yes. But <laughs> I want you to skate over there. Please don't fall down. I need you to skate over there. Also, don't fall down. No one lose their stick. Yeah, that's that's the plan. <laughs> don't lose your stick. So I genuinely like that. I am a big fan of just the recognition that hey, this could be the biggest moment of the game, even though there's 50 more minutes in the game. And then obviously Robin Leonard tried to fight somebody and that became the biggest moment of the game. <laughs> Let him fight. Would have been so much better. So much better. And by the way, the devils to go back to Lindy Ruff and his loser quote about frustrating them. They put one of their defensemen on the ice for the final minute at left wing solely. Cause he was going to run over there and hit Alex Petrangelo. Like that's like, that's the, that's the, that's what happened. That's the sole reason as to what, why, the end of the game happened like that. And the golden Knights were like, that's a bunch of crap. Like, don't put that guy on the ice just to try to mess us mess with us in the final 15 seconds of a game. And that's, that's why Robin Leonard and Robin Leonard, his quote afterwards was who was camera. Was it Coglin that was on there? I can't remember. He was like, they were going after guys that aren't like fighters or whatever. And he was like, I'll fight him. <laughs> he was like, yeah, I'm the, I'm the big friend. That's like, yeah, he's not going to beat you up, but I will. Hi, <laughs> you don't mess with him. I'll beat you up. It'll be great. So yeah. It's fun. Let him fight. I th- there's some stories I can't tell on the air about being the. Okay, I guess I got to go fight that guy. Yeah, why not? Would have been great. But it, it, it there is there is a certain level of, dude. You're five foot eight. And you weigh a hundred pounds. I'll I'll go. I I, I got this. Because <laughs> Robin Leonard is very very big. All right, coming up next, we will talk to Mark Byrne, Sports Business Journal, about. Major League Soccer, and if that's actually going to work in Las Vegas. The main thing right now is that we're too inconsistent instead of just doing the same thing right over and over again. And that's as a whole. we got to be better as a whole. And if we can be consistent, we've shown that we can 
put up a lot of points and put up a lot of yards against some really good teams. You're sitting in the press box with Graney and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas. Follow them on Twitter at Ed Graney and Bischoff underscore Tyler. Joining us now from Sports Business Journal is Mark Burns. Good morning, Mark. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Um, so I, I'm curious, have you ever seen a sports commissioner uh, without actually explicitly saying that a team is getting an expansion franchise, basically say a team is getting an expansion franchise the way Don Garber has with Las Vegas? <laughs> I, I mean, I really, I really haven't. I mean, he said multiple times, I think at least two or three publicly, right? Vegas is the front runner for the 30th MLS franchise. So, no, I have not seen him or someone in his shoes come out and so explicitly say that. But uh, here we are uh, waiting for a formal announcement from uh, from MLS. I'm curious what you think about like Las Vegas as a market because it's not population-wise one of the bigger cities in this country. And we already have multiple pro sports teams here now that Major League Soccer, while not direct competition for their entire season in terms of scheduling, but it's still a dollar amount you're competing against. But... Las Vegas, unlike most cities, has a massive tourism base that can come in and sort of help the attendance for games and help a team out as far as, you know, improving the market and who cares about it. Do you think Vegas is a slam dunk? Like, do you think it's a no-brainer for Major League Soccer to come here, or do you have reservations about it actually working? Uh, maybe some slight reservations, and that's only because of the increasing competition, right? You have NFL, you have NHL, WNBA, maybe baseball one day. You have a few minor league teams. You have lacrosse locally, and that's not to mention all the other forms of entertainment, right, on the strip and just in the surrounding region. So, slightly some you know some slight reservations, but at the same time, you know, I had slight reservations on hockey, and the Vegas Golden Knights have killed it. They've been sort of a model expansion franchise, if you will, not only in I think NHL circles, but just in pro sports in North America in terms of how they built that franchise. Yes, it really helped that <laughs> the team did extremely well on the ice in the first few years, especially that first season. But, um, you know, if, if Vegas is the 30th team for MLS, given the tourism, given, you know, fan demographics locally, what the city makeup looks like, I think they would be fine. And to your, to your remark about the BMA, I was looking at it this morning, like Vegas would be one of the smaller MLS markets. If not, I think the smallest. I think the BMA it was like in the 30s or like low 40s, uh, which is below a ton of a ton of cities. You know, so we'll have to see what happens. Yeah, and I'm I'm curious because we we don't know the location of where a stadium would be. There's one location that's um, on Las Vegas Boulevard, but certainly not the actual populated strip part of Las Vegas Boulevard that has been rumored. I'm Curious location-wise with the stadium, because I think that'll tell us a lot about what Major League Soccer thinks of Las Vegas as a market, because presumably if you put it, if you have to put it on the strip or right next to the strip, you're basically saying, hey, we need the tourists to come in. If it's farther away from the strip, if it's even in a suburb out here in Vegas, then you're basically saying we think this market can support it without the tourism. So I'm, I'm kind of fascinated that, you know, we won't really get an explicit answer of yes, this fan where we need the tourists to support this fan base here, but kind of where they put the stadium, I think will go a long way in saying what they actually think of, Hey, how many tourists do we need in the building to make this work? Right. Yeah. I mean, commissioner Garber, he said, you know, verbatim, we're working on a stadium right off the strip. So um, we'll have to wait and see. I, I would think, I mean, based on, 
I just go back to hockey because they're the most, you know, I guess one of the most recent teams in the in Vegas. You know, I thought they would have to, they would need a lot of tourists to, to make that building work, and it's been like the opposite, right? They've they've actually developed a a large local following. Um, again, the success on the on the ice in the first year, I think, really helped. But I thought it would be, you know, they would need that base, and they and they haven't. They've had the the base has been the local local fans that the the people that live actually in Vegas and the surrounding. Um, you know, cities and the uh, suburbs with, you know, Henderson and uh, Summerlin and some of those other areas. Um, so we'll have to wait and see. I mean, I, uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll have to wait and see uh, what actually happens with the stadium. So the other thing, well, there's a lot of things that I'm still curious about, but one of the other main things is who's essentially paying for the stadium here because Don Garber's made it very clear that the plan would be to build a soccer specific stadium. They wouldn't be playing, you know, at Allegiant stadium or something like that. They'd build their own stadium. We in Vegas probably being used as leverage by the Oakland A's, but you know, the governor of Nevada, the, some state legislatures have said that they have no interest in increasing taxes to help the Oakland A's potentially pay for a ballpark in Las Vegas. And that the only thing they'd be really willing to do would maybe pay for some infrastructure costs to help the roads wherever they would put a potential ballpark. I would assume Major League Soccer comes in below Major League Baseball on the pecking order of, hey, who would we give money to to build a stadium, mm-hmm. which I, I guess does that mean like, I mean, do you think it's realistic that like if Wes Edens ends up being the owner that they come in and, and they pay for an entire stadium by themselves? I, I mean, uh, 100%. <laughs> I, I could see them I won't say easily doing that, but um, I would imagine that they're already kind of thinking about those those plans. You know, I was thinking like, you know, could instead of building your own stadium, right? Could a team just play at? I don't say just play, but could they just call, you know, Legion Stadium home, right? In the same sort of fashion that um, LA has done uh, with Mercedes Benz and some of the other uh, MLS teams in in the U.S. Um, could that be a possibility? I don't know. I'm just speculating, but. Uh, that seems like that would be far easier than, than doing a stadium in Vegas, but um, I don't. I there's. I would not say that there's you know a shortage of money coming from West Edens and I'm blanking on the other gentleman's name, the owner of uh, the partner of Aston Villa, um, that they have enough money to make it work and build their own stadium. Yeah, and I mean, obviously, if we get a sports team without having to give seven hundred fifty million dollars, it's it's great for Las <laughs> Vegas. Um, but I, I, I uh, the idea of Allegiant Stadium, there's like there's a couple things that are interesting about it because obviously you wouldn't have to build a stadium and good to go. You know, playing in a you know bigger football stadium. I know Don Garber in the past has talked about that not being their ideal situation, but I think one of the bigger issues would probably end up being just simply scheduling because. Mm-hmm. Not only the Raiders play there, but UNLV football, it's it's in our state legislature. They passed a law that says UNLV football has to play there. But like we have seen this year, the Raiders basically have control of UNLV schedule to the point where they can move games. And almost every time there's a Saturday home UNLV game and a Sunday home Raiders game, they end up making UNLV move to like a Thursday or a Friday or something like that. And I have to imagine like if you're Major League Soccer you'd somehow be behind UNLV on that pecking order, and it'd be difficult from a scheduling standpoint when you're all trying to play in September and October at the end of a Major League Soccer season. So I can understand why. And listen, if you're Major League Soccer and Wes Edens is like, yeah, we'll pay for the whole thing, that's a no-brainer. You let it happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I didn't realize that on the UNLV. I mean, that would make it much more challenging. It's already written. I would think MLS is probably 
probably starting in the pecking order there. Um, so we'll have to see. I mean, the thing we haven't talked about yet is the expansion fee, which I think, you know, maybe does that impact what, what the plans are for a stadium, right? The David Tepper in, uh, in Charlotte, he paid a reported, I think it was 300 to $325 million for that, uh, for, for Charlotte, and they're coming next year. Um, you know, it hasn't come out yet what the what the expansion fee would be for Vegas, but um, curiously, you know, how that might affect what the plans are for the stadium. I'm going to have to imagine that uh, the expansion fee would only be at least at, you know, at 300 325 or higher than that for, uh, for Vegas or whoever the 30th team is. Yeah, I mean... No way it gets to five hundred million, right? Could it get to five hundred million for an expansion fee? Uh, <laughs> eventually, I don't think for this one. Okay, eventually, possibly, but I, I don't think for for Vegas. I I can't see it getting that high. Uh, so one other thing on Major League Soccer, because Don Garber he talked about quite a few things leading up to uh, MLS Cup. I am fascinated like media rights deals because we have seen a lot of complaints in other sports about like blackouts for local markets. If you buy like MLB.tv or NBA league pass or something like that Uh, and major league soccer, Don Garber, it sounds like uh, they're going to go into a deal where all the teams, all the games are packaged into one deal that you're not going to have each team with maybe its own local television deal that major league soccer is going to handle all of that. And like when I heard Don Garber sort of, you know, talk about that a little bit. It sort of, to me, came off as like NFL style where the NFL, mm-hmm. like the, the league hand, like it's not, nobody has a local TV deal in the NFL. It's you're on Fox, CBS, or you're in one of the primetime games. Whereas if you compare that to NBA or major league baseball or NHL, all these teams sign deals with their local uh, RSNs and they get broadcast there. And that often creates a lot of the problems when it comes to streaming games online. Cause you don't want to take the money away that the RSNs would be making. Cause you got to subscribe to direct TV or cable to get it. And I'm, I'm curious, like, obviously it works for the NFL because the NFL is our biggest sport and people care about teams that aren't just their own team. Do you think like that works the singular model where major league soccer just controls everything? Like, can that work for major league soccer too? I, I think it can work. I mean, I don't think uh, in terms of packages, our uh, John Moran, our media reporter at SBJ, he reported that there's, uh, I believe there's two types of packages. There's an A package and a B package that's out there. I don't know if there's anything beyond that. Um, but as part of that, what you said, I mean, every single match, that's what MLS is taking to market, linear, digital, betting rights, dating rights, every single, every single match. And so, it, yeah, you had a good analogy with, with, the, uh, with the NFL and what they do for their, for their games. Um, I think MLS, I, I think they need to do this in terms of just a tonnage standpoint, in terms of you know, having all these matches in order to up the, up the price of their media rights, right? Right, right now you have ESPN, Fox, and Univision paying about $90 million a year, and they've been, uh, I believe, an eight-year deal. Um, and so I think if you want to, you know, two-and-a-half, three-X that, maybe more, you need to package, you need to have everything, local matches, national, everything, and be able to take that to market to get that rights increase. So I think it could work for Major League Soccer. The only... I said one of the issues, and I think hockey is seeing this right now, is where fans go to watch their game. They're in Portland. They want to watch the Timbers. They're you know potentially in Vegas down the road if when Vegas gets a team. And you're trying to find where the heck do I watch? <laughs> where the heck do I watch my team? It's not on the local RSN. And you have to go to ESPN or ESPN Plus or Hulu or um, you know let's say Warner Media gets. Um, part of the package, you might have to go there or Bleacher or wherever else online, and it's just a, uh, a headache. And so I think that could be potentially an issue with this. But, 
um, I think MLS is in a good spot. Yeah, I know just here, like we have UNLV basketball and UNLV football, and they, I think, play, I think the football team played 12 games this year, and they were at eight different either television channels or streaming websites throughout the year for their eight games because <laughs> everything gets split up somewhere else, and it becomes a pain just to figure out how to watch the team. So, yeah, I, I can understand how that could potentially happen and be a big issue for MLS fans. He is Mark Burns from Sports Business Journal. Mark, we appreciate your time this morning. Thanks for having me. Have a good holiday. You too. Thanks, Mark. So there is Mark Burns on Major League Soccer. And again, I'm 100% convinced we're getting a team, but there's like so many details that we have zero answers to that it's it's still sort of like, okay, who's who's paying for a stadium? Like it, there's a lot of questions as to exactly how we're getting a team, but it very much seems like we're getting a team. Coming up next, Cassie Soto joins the show. She was like, this is the coolest radio show. And th- those are the questions why it's the coolest radio show, man. Okay. Didn't, Cassie, didn't you say that? Back me up on that. You said coolest radio show, right? Oh, yeah, totally. It's the Press Box with Graney and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas, 1100 AM and 100.9 FM. Hi, Cassie. Hi. Ed's not here today. That's all right. All right. I, I have an important question for you. Uh, Let's get it. Who uh, your... Uh, fiance, I almost said boyfriend. Your fiance, his favorite, <laughs> Get it right, damn it. his favorite Liga MX team is. Oh man, everybody. Oh, he just likes the entire league. He's like he he does. Oh. He, he, right. his favorite league. All right, weirdo. All right. Uh, so the important yeah. question is, if Las Vegas gets an MLS team, would he be like all on board, excited about it, or would he be like, I don't care about Major League Soccer? Man, when there's like no sports on. But there's an MLS game. I'm like, oh, I'll put that on. He's like, meh. Really? So, yeah. Okay. He he doesn't. He's not an MLS guy. Wow. All right. Because that, that's like one of my big questions about if Major League Soccer does, in fact, come here. Is yeah. like League MX is the most watched league in this country and in this city. Yep. Would people that are fans of Liga MX, well, I, I assume most people have an actual favorite team, unlike your fiance, who apparently just <laughs> likes the league. But would they... <laughs> Would they care? Like, would they be like, oh, cool, MLS in Vegas. Yeah, I'm going to go cheer for that. Or would they apparently be like, your boyfriend is like, eh, don't care. I, I think if, like, if, he, if, if I was like, hey, babe, got free tickets. Okay, cool, great. But if I'm like, hey, do you want to go to the game? <laughs> or, I don't know, stay at home. He'd be like, yeah, let's just stay at home. So but he's, he's not, he doesn't get, like, excited about, like, a lot of, like, we've talked about Canelo before. Like, Canelo anything he'll go to. But, like, to put the effort in to go out to things that he enjoys, like, is not as often. <laughs> like, does he go to Golden Knights or, or, like, a Raider game ever? So, yeah, I got him tickets to the Raiders game, the raiders Bengals, with my dad. And I was like, oh, it'd be nice, like, you and bonding with my dad. And he's like, the Bengals. So I was like, my guy. <laughs> like, if I got tickets for any uh, other dude out there and was like, hey, like, go enjoy a Raiders game, they'd be like, this is awesome. And he was like, ah, Bengals, really? Like, do better. <laughs> the Bengals are decent this yeah. year. That's, they're they're oh, okay. Kill yeah. and, then, and then my dad is the early bird, and Estrus oh, is not. So oh. my dad was like, yeah, be there at 8 a.m. to pick you up to wait in line for the tailgate at 9. <laughs> so, yeah, that was a whole thing. All right. Uh, you told me you went and watched Spider-Man last night, and it was an experience? Are you going to... I don't care if you spoil it for me. I'm not going to watch it. I would it. prefer you not to spoil it but, for me. Sorry, I won't spoil it. Okay. So this is so this is the one thing that he does get excited about is superhero movies, which is fine, right? Everybody has their passion, but I'm not a Marvel person. 
Like, Marvel, just the last few movies, just doesn't do it for me. Um, and the Spider-Mans in particular. So, anyways, he asked me last night. He got home. He was all excited. He's like, can we go watch the, the Spider-Man tonight, please? Like, I'll go by myself, or can you come with me? And I was like, well, that's just bad fiancé. Like, this is girlfriend duties, right, to go watch a movie you really don't want to. But I thought I'd be a good fiancé and go with him. So I did. And within five minutes of us being in the movie theater, the guy next to us took off his shoes <laughs> and put them up on the empty seat in front of him. Nope. <laughs> nope. Took off his shoes. And I, like, it's just one of those things where you're kind of just shocked, like, that it's happening. And I was like, okay, once the lights go down, like, there wasn't a smell. So I was like, all right, like, once the lights go down, I'm going to forget that it's there. It's fine. So then the light, the, they do the commercials, whatever. The lights go down finally for the movie. As soon as the movie starts, the guy starts vaping. What? <laughs> Same dude, shoes off, starts vaping this in is, the movie. That is a level of douchebaggery I'm not sure I've ever seen. <laughs> and I just look at the fiance and I'm just like, are we really, like, am I really here right now? This is actually happening. And, like... And I'm usually the, the, like, if it really upsets me, I can be the can I speak to your manager kind yes. of kind of lady. But I'm just like, dude, like, I'm hoping he'll get the hint. We're in a busy, full movie theater. It's COVID still, and you're just here being nasty? What are we doing? Yeah, that's, that's what and, I was going to ask. It was full, like, right? Like, you couldn't just get up and move somewhere. No, yeah. no, I couldn't. And <laughs> it was just all bad. So on top and. I won't spoil it. I wasn't a fan of the movie, but other people have other opinions, which is fine. I didn't like it. Hold on, hold on. Did and your boyfriend like thing, it? Or your fiance, excuse me, did your fiance like it? So he was actually, he had like secondhand embarrassment for bringing me. So that's why I told him, I'm like, you should just go by yourself. Cause like, you just feel bad that you're bringing me to these things. So I ruined his experience a little bit well, because I, another thing that I didn't know was like kind of goofy and like, I don't understand is clapping characters appear on screen i didn't know that that was a thing that we do i didn't either well that makes me think that a character appears on screen that i would be that i don't want to know but it no jared it was every character oh all right well that's just <laughs> like in the trailer like when doc like you saw the trailer right i yeah. can talk about trailer so trailer. doc Ock comes out and the, they lost their minds <laughs> I'm like, we know that this is happening. We knew that. that we knew the that. The only time I've ever seen clapping in the theater was when we watched 2012 and it was over. And uh, the people who were yelling at the screen the entire movie, like, took a bow. <laughs> All right. I actually, I, I have not experienced it, but I actually like clapping when characters come on screen. I'm on. I'm on board. I'm. I'm it's here not for this. a play. I'm here for this. Nope. It's just like sports, right? Your favorite players shows up. Yep, we're clapping. Look at that. I'm. I'm on board. I can handle. I don't this. know. I just like. Why are we clapping? And every like everybody lost their minds. And he's just looking at me like, I'm sorry. I'm really sorry about this. And I'm like, dude, like, <laughs> I'm here to eat this popcorn and take a nap. Is he? I think I fell. I fell asleep for like 15 minutes of it. Can't even lie. Is is he one of those? guys that's been in a relationship so long that he doesn't have male friends anymore no he does but all of his male friends also like already booked tickets with their girls to go watch it you know because they they think that we want to watch these things no you don't come on and i don't i well i and they all should have gone i was i asked him like right before i'm like are you sure you don't want to go with like 
one of his good friends, Cedric, this and that. He's like, oh, no, he already has tickets. And I'm like, all right, like, I guess I'll go. So let me ask you, like, is it worse that I went or should I have let him watch it by himself? Uh, I, I, me personally, I'd be perfectly fine with my girlfriend not going. Yeah. Like, I'd be fine with just going by myself. That's no, no problem for me. Like, if, you know, whatever. I don't care about Marvel, but if some, I don't know, if, like, Arsenal, my favorite soccer team, played at Allegiant Stadium, I'd be perfectly fine going by myself. Granted, my girlfriend would actually want to come to that. She would enjoy that, so. No, sporting events, I would yeah. absolutely go. Yeah, yeah. for but, sure. But, but like, the movie, I was like, <sighs> you, I mean, you get some credit for sucking it up and going, but I, I, me personally, I'm perfectly fine going by myself. I, you don't get a refund at the end of your life for doing stuff you don't want to do. You might as well have taken, like, you might as well have gone, I, I would rather sleep. Yeah, but, you know, she likes her fiancé, presumably, so if it makes him happy well, if, to go. He finally bought the ring. He's locked in. <laughs> so now, so that's what I told him. So, well, it was so funny, though, because he's like, oh, do you want to come with me? And, like, I told him, I'm like, that sounds like a girlfriend duty, and I'm a fiancé now. So, <laughs> like, I feel like I leveled up, so I don't have to do, like, a lot of the things I didn't want to do before. Leveled up. <laughs> yeah. You know? I mean, my girlfriend like, hates... Passed that phase. My girlfriend hates baseball, and she went to three Astros games in San Diego with me in September, and that was as much as torture as she could be put through, but she did it. What do you do for her? Um, I went and saw an anime with her in theaters. Do you have show? Yeah, we went and saw Howl's Moving Castle. Oh. Oh, okay. That, that, you went and saw, like, one of the most celebrated animes of all oh, time. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, here's I th- thought you were going to, like... <laughs> no, 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 no problem. See, I, I've also seen the movie like four times. Like when we talk about movies I have seen, I've actually seen that one multiple times, mainly because she watches it on a regular basis. But it was in theaters and I went with her to it, even though I had no interest in going to see it with her. But yeah. We watched the, he, he had me watch the Spirited Away. That's yes, another good I one. Have, I have seen Spirited that, Away too. That one was good. It was, it was a little creepy, but pretty good. He made you watch it. Yes. Your boyfriend's into anime? Or just he's Studio a, uh, Ghibli stuff? He likes Studio Ghibli. Okay. All right. Yeah, yeah. That, that was the thing. They did a whole bunch of Studio Ghibli movies in theater is what they yeah. did. Yeah. So, so that one was fine. Uh, you know what? So like 80% of it is him saying, I'll buy you popcorn and a cherry Coke. <laughs> okay. I will say, I will say that would get me to go with him. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, because that was our first movie. And I think we went and saw King Kong, right? Or no, Kong versus Godzilla. Was the last Oof. one because that came out right before COVID, or was it also COVID? I think that was during COVID. Yeah, so or that was the last right movie, at, right and we love going to the movies, and we usually have a great movie experience. But I guess like a pandemic has made people forget how to experience a movie around strangers. No, no, the guy who takes his shoes off in public and vapes indoors—that guy was always a d bag. Yeah, like that guy. That guy's never going to reform or be an appropriate member of society <laughs> there's like a special place somewhere for those kind of people right <laughs> all right she's cassie soto from raiders.com <laughs> thanks cassie thanks guys uh, jared you take your shoes off on airplanes god no okay the only time i've taken my shoes off on an airplane was like an eight-hour flight i have changed shoes on an airplane because i was like okay i brought slippers just in case yeah anything less than eight hours you got to keep the shoes on you're like flying across the globe yeah go for it you're on that thing for way too long well hopefully if you're flying across the globe you're not like 
sardine canned in a- <laughs> How do you think they get them across the globe? You got to sardine them in. That's the key. All right. We got tickets. Golden Knights take on the Kings December 23rd. We got a pair of tickets for you. 702-364-1100. If you want to go watch the Golden Knights and Kings a couple of days before Christmas, 702-364-1100 is the phone number. We'll take caller number nine at 702-364-1100. You. You know, if I could jump, I'd jump, you know, with excitement. But um, it was just, uh, it was, that locker room was great. I mean, it was phenomenal. The guys after the play or walk off, it's like a walk off home run, you know, in baseball. But you have a walk off like that and the celebration, you look over and you see the guys jumping around and you know all the hard work that goes into it. I mean, that's satisfying. That was a special moment just in general. I mean, I, I, never, I don't think I've ever been a part of a walk off uh, touchdown or anything like that. To be, be in that moment, find him underneath and him making such a, a dynamic play where he cut back, ran, ran by people. I mean, he, you would think he's old so he can't run by people but he's still running by people and, and he got in the end zone it was just a special moment and i'm glad that I mean, all that hard work that he puts in every single day is paying off you're locked in the press box travis kelsey is 32 by the way which yes i guess is old for football players but patrick mahomes just made him like 42 hey he's old how's he gonna run past people um congratulations to gary by the way he won tickets to go see the golden knights play the kings on december 23rd also, Nicholas won the Disney on Ice tickets earlier, and Michael won uh, Porta Subs uh, tailgate tray. Uh, Jared, you're a Chiefs fan. Yes, I am. Travis Kelsey. Is he going to end up the best tight end of all time? It's really hard to say, having watched Tony Gonzalez right. literally get thrown to by guys that thought you just basically did a random name generator, <laughs> and the Chiefs were like, yeah, we'll trot him out there. What's a Rodney Boyle? Like Tony Gonzalez being as good as he was catching passes from the reanimated corpse of Trent Green. Yeah, that's uh, it's hard to sort of put them. But of this era, probably. I mean, you have obviously Tony Gonzalez and then like Antonio Gates. I I think outside of Gonzalez and Gates, Kelsey's going to be ahead of Shannon Sharp at the end of the day, right? Well, but Shannon got two. No, Shannon got three. Are we really doing rings for tight ends? Rings. Are we really doing rings count for tight ends? Shannon like, Sharp got three. Like, you know, Jason Witten has the second most receiving yards ever as a tight end, but we can yell at him about being a compiler, right? That's kind of how I felt about Antonio Gates because it was just like, dude, you, you, you wouldn't do you. Did he, did he ever have a play like longer than forty yards? Because all I ever remember is him just. <laughs> Do it like him just jogging into the end zone, getting the ball thrown like five feet over his head and him jumping up and grabbing it. Uh, Antonio Gates does have the most touchdowns all time among tight ends. But here's okay. Here's here's the thing about Travis Kelsey, right? Tony Gonzalez, most receiving yards ever as a tight end. He's got 15,000. Uh, Witten is second at only 13,000. Tony Gonzalez averaged 56 receiving yards per game, right? Right. Travis Kelsey averages 72 receiving yards per game. Like that's, that's not close. Like that's not like, again, Gonzalez is at 56. Antonio Gates is at 50. Jason Witten is at 48. Shannon Sharp is at 53. Like right around the 50 mark is pretty good. Travis Kelsey is at 71.6 and it's higher now after last night. 71.6. Like that's the best. Rob Gronkowski is at 65. Kellen Winslow at 62. Right. Gronk would be in this conversation if he played more at the end of the day. But how much longer are we get in peak Gronk? Right. 
We'll have, see. have we gotten Pete Gronk outside of like the Super Bowl? Right. But I mean, he's been very good when he's played. He just, you know, retired and then came back and who knows how long he'll still be good, but he could be in that too. But that, that to me is like the, the crazy thing about Travis Kelsey is the receiving yards on a per game level is so much higher than these other great tight ends. Now, as you mentioned, he's been playing with Patrick Mahomes for a while now. That helps. Also, he's 32. And if he continues to play right to where he, you know, if he plays another five, six, seven years, when he's 36, 37, he's probably not putting up 190 yard games. He might have a lot of games where he only has 25 receiving yards. And that'll obviously tank that receiving yards per game. So we are looking at him in his, you know, prime, but that's always the fascinating part to me is how much better he is on a per game basis than the other guys. The other part of that conversation, by the way, that's important is era adjusting for era. It's there is more passing now than ever before. Right. And so even, you know, it's not like Tony Gonzalez and Antonio Gates. We're talking about like guys that played in the eighties, like they played in the two thousands, but there's been such a dramatic change in just the last 10 years, last 15 years that it is a big difference as to how tight ends are used and how often teams are just throwing period. I will say also he is he's very good at blocking. That's so like when we talk about best tight ends and like last year you could have thrown Darren Waller into that. Darren Waller's not a good blocker. Like they they don't rely on Darren Waller to do a lot of blocking. And when they do, it's usually not a good thing. <laughs> That's one of the big differences there is that yeah, Kelsey high end, like, yep, this guy's one of the best at that. And George Kittle obviously loves it more than catching passes. <laughs> Darren Waller has not been that guy. 